Hello and welcome to episode seven of Decoding Cannabis, the podcast in which we're trying to solve the mystery behind the magical properties of marijuana. I'm your host, Els Batat, founder of Consciousness Research Institute in Spokane, Washington. And uh, with me, I have Ginny, Vice President of Marijuana Research in Creog University, or at least we're trying it out. Uh, yeah, love it. <laughs> we're doing our first experiment um, in Creorg University. Creorg, as a reminder to everyone, stands for Consciousness Research Institute Organization. It's also the name of the artificial intelligence that we've uh, coded into life. It's a um, interactive social education and entertainment network designed to teach, to learn and to teach how the mind works. Uh, but more on that some other time. And today we are doing part two of an experiment that Ginny and I started last week. And just to recap, for those of you who did not hear last week's uh, experiment, the idea is to see what is the difference between pure sativa THC and pure indica THC. I mean, most people would say that the high should be exactly the same because it's the same molecule. And maybe that's the case. We hopefully will find out today. Um, what is causing the various differences in the high between sativa and indica? In Consciousness Research Institute, for the last six years, we've been conducting, conducting experiments with sativa versus indica when it comes to perception of time, uh, control of memory, and language skills. And as we've been testing those, there was a clear difference between sativa and indica, sativa um, causing our thought to become more abstract. Abstract? Do you say abstract or abstract? I say abstract. Okay, I'm going to say what everyone says. Then. I think it's regional. Is, is it? It's one of those things, right? Because I definitely heard people saying abstract. Yeah, I, th I think both are okay, but I think it's a regional like dialect kind of thing. Oh, interesting. It too much reminds me of obstruct, so I like abstract. So um, sativa makes us more abstract, and indica makes us more concrete. Now, it sounds like, huh? What are we talking about here? But it's significant because... There's a, there's a huge difference between trying to understand something, trying to think of something, analyzing something abstractly versus analyzing it concretely. And in fact, some people are just not prone to abstract thoughts. In my book, It's About Time, I call them wisees. Very, they're very wise people. There, there are people who are usually their perception of time is faster than time itself. So they're usually in a hurry. They get shit done. They are very, um, very time-bound counters too. They're very practical. They're very concrete versus smarties who are people who their time perception is slower than time itself and usually are not so good in managing time. I'm raising my hand here, here guilty, guilty as charged. Um, I was hoping Ginny would join me, but she didn't. I, I, I am terrible at managing time. All right, there you go. I'm not <laughs> alone. I don't know why that makes me feel better. <laughs> but um, so, yeah, so so when we think about things abstractly, um, we can think about uh, things outside of themselves, like the bigger picture, the macro. Um, and anyway, um, so we read some, we read a abstract paragraph last week and we saw that when we were reading it. Oh, so what happened last week, Ginny brought, she was able to put her hands on pure THC crystals that were um, indica versus pure THC crystals that were sativa. I want to make a, a minor um, 
adjustment. They are THCA crystals. Yes, thank you. Um, which is like relatively minor as far as like technicalities go, but no, it's important. In fact, yesterday I was in Canatank. Mm-hmm. It's the local cannabis show. Spokane is so manageable. It was so small. You know, I'm used to from corporate. I'm used to such huge trade shows, but here everything is so small. I like it. You know, you go in two hours later, you're out, you're happy, you saw everyone, spoke to everyone type of thing. Um, And one of the people I was telling her about our experiments, she was like, I think you mean THCA. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So (laughs) thank you. You know, you see, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm a hundred percent abstract thinker. So I don't remember names of concrete things. I I mean, it's just crazy. So, you know, I, hey, I, I teach and study how the mind works. So I better be abstract, right? Um, but what we've done is Ginny did not tell me what we were smoking. So she's really the only one who knows if last week, last week's episode, if I smoked sativa or indica. And um, my assessment pretty much right after I smoked was that that was an indica strain. And you stuck with that. I did, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Now, it could have been a placebo effect once I decided, you know, you know, of course, you might be looking at me now saying, oh, he's full of himself and, you know, he's like embarrassing himself. <laughs> I'm trying not to give anything on away. On podcasts, of course, later I'll be like, oh, why'd you let me post that episode then? <laughs> but hey, this is science, right? We're real. Um, and it could be indeed that it is not the THC that is causing this difference in um in high symptoms when it comes to language and time perception. And it could be it's the terpenes. And today we'll find out because today I'm going to smoke the other um, type of crystals. And so whatever, of course, you know, my mind tells me it's going to be sativa um, because last week I assumed it was indica. But I've really worked on myself in the last week to sort of convince myself like there is a possibility that there's not going to be a difference or that there's going to be a lot more indica-ish uh, sense to these, and then I'll, 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 you know, it'll be very hard for me to change my view on what happened just because I was asking you what was going on in your mind. Oh, we were talking about the fact that you, you, you became very visual, like it was very, your mind became more receptive than directive, remember? Yep. So it was really interested in investigating you. And one thing I kind of reflected on the episode and remember I did not do was to tell the listeners how stoned I was in the Creorg scale of highness. Do you remember this Creorg scale of highness? I do. Yeah, one to five. So really we have 50 steps there, right? Because And everybody knows intuitively. So uh, are you altered right now? I am not. Same Other here. than a little bit of caffeine. Okay, yes, me too, which which makes a difference. I, I also just drank caffeine. Um which in a way kind of like, uh, you know, interesting with our experiment. Because last week we did not drink caffeine, have we? It is a little interesting. Although I feel as if, because I had had caffeine earlier in the day mm-hmm. last week. Because um, I'm typically like, I'll drink a cup of coffee in the morning. And sometimes if I have a, like a headache, it'll, a cup of coffee will make it go away or whatever kind of thing. So okay. I almost always have a cup of coffee, so... Okay, now I it's see. just a little closer. And I think last week I had caffeine. Um, I, I had um, yerba mate tea. And oh yeah, and that's remember, and that's pretty pretty caffeinated. So, um, I think I think we're good to go. I want you to read something. I'm not going to tell you who the author is. Did you see who the author was? I did not. Okay, I want you to read something. I want you to start in the second sentence of this paragraph that I'm pointing here. 
And are you capable of reading and understanding at the same time? Yes. So do it do it to the microphone. Okay. Do you want me to just go to the end of the paragraph? No, I want you to go to the second sentence from the beginning of the paragraph. So start at the second sentence. Okay. In hardly any people in the world is the instinct of self-preservation developed more strongly than in the so-called chosen. Of this, the mere fact of, of the survival of this race may be considered the best proof. Where is the people which in the last 2,000 years has been exposed to so slight changes of inner disposition, character, etc. as the Jewish people? What people, finally, has gone through greater upheavals than this one, and nevertheless issued from the mightiest catastrophes and mankind unchanged? What an influence... What an infinitely tough will to live and preserve the species speaks from these facts. Good. That's good. Did that make sense to you? Yeah. Okay. So that's one. Um, and then um, I'm trying to think. So so what did you take from this paragraph? What, what did you understand? What did you take from it? Um, it almost seemed like amusing, not quite amusing, um, but uh, a thought of like, um, look at how how driven and how powerful and how strong this community of people has had to be in their lives. The Jews. Yes. Do you feel like the writer is pro or against Jews? It feels like they're pro. Pro. Yeah. Seemingly simple question. Makes sense. Yeah. Okay, so I want you to read yet another paragraph. So what do you feel that paragraph we just read? Was it concrete or abstract? I would say abstract. Abstract, because the idea is abstract and was referring to some concrete, you know, but it wasn't like super, like you don't have to be a super smarty to understand it. No. Yeah. All right. Read the paragraph starting with the word the mind um, all the way to etc. The mind is androgynous and electromagnetically polarized. The positive polarity creates the perception of time and space by generally generating a voluntary sequential thought stream that travels in time. The negative polarity creates the perception of space and time by generating involuntary and instantaneous mental sensations that are stationary in time. Sativa or indica THC temporarily changes the electromagnetic polarity of the mind by increasing or decreasing the speed of voluntary thought, respectively. The faster the voluntary thought, the slower time seems to pass. The slower the voluntary thought, the faster time seems to pass. The temporary shift in time perception results in various alterations of mental phenomena reflecting the new electromagnetic polarization. These include a change in space perception, the change of spoken language, a corresponding shift in the emotional polarity, a shift in sensory acuteness as a function of sensory perceptions per unit of time, an increase or decrease in short-term or long-term memory span, etc. Abstract or concrete? <laughs> oh, abstract. Super All abstract. All the way. Super abstract. Yeah. Was it easier to follow? Um, was, it, was it easy to follow? Like, did you follow the whole thing? There were a few moments where I had to catch myself like, oh, pay attention to what you're reading. But, I mean, I followed it, yeah. Okay. You're smarty. And so um, 
this was understood to you. All right, so last but not least, I want you to read this paragraph that I just gave you. In the West Wing of every administration since at least that of Clinton and Gore, the vice president has occupied a certain independent power base in the organization. And yet, Vice President Mike Pence, the fallback guy in an administration the length of whose term remained the subject of something like a national office betting pool, was a cipher, a smiling presence, either resisting his own obvious power or unable to seize it. How easy was it for you to track what you just read? That was significantly more difficult than the other two. Do you, do you know why? Was it abstract or concrete in your opinion? This seemed more concrete. Seems more. Now, and yet, there's, don't, clo don't close, and yet there's a lot of abstract terms in it, right? There I are. Mean, um, you know, it's talking about dynamics in a White House. Uh, the dynamics themselves are very abstract, mm -hmm. right? Um. But yeah, it's very hard for me to read this book. So this book, I'm just going to tell you what this book is. It's by Michael Wolff. It's called Fire and Fury. It was written on President Trump. Super wisey. But notice that everything abstract in this statement is actually figurative. Mm -hmm. And uh, smarties, when they speak abstractly, it's very literal. And this is, this is definitely not literal. The only literal things in this paragraph are, um, are concrete things. Um, look, for example, it says the fall, the fallback guy in the, in an administration, right? Uh, fallback is an abstract and figurative term. You know, Trump speaks very figuratively and abstractly. Oh, uh, uh, low energy Bush, crooked Hillary. You know, he has all these catchphrases that are, uh, abstract, but they're figurative. They're not literal. He doesn't mean them exactly like that, right? Uh, and yet when he says, I'm going to build a wall, he means very specifically a wall, okay? So it was interesting that that was harder for you. Um, I mean, it makes sense because you're a smarty um, and it's harder for me too. Like I have to read a paragraph like that a gazillion times. But for someone like uh, Diane, my wife, this paragraph will be so much easier than what you just read before that. So I think that's good enough. Um, can you, let's uh, test your memory just a little bit. Oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, smarties say, oh, boy, when it comes to memory, because uh, a lot of our um, a lot of our test of personal memory is of concrete things. Mm -hmm. But we're actually really, really good at remembering abstract things. Like it's, uh, um, is it uh, easier for you to recall the various things I've listed that we've tested last week when it comes to your mind? Like I've listed... About three things, I think. Uh, I have to work to get to each of them. <clears throat> what did what did we test? We I became more concrete, or no, receptive versus the other one. Directive. Directive. Yeah. Thank you. Nice. Um, and that manifested for you in more visual imagery, like it was, yeah. Yeah. Um, well, you became more concrete than abstract. Yes. You know, I remember you were reading that paragraph that um, was highly abstract and you could understand it. You knew you understood it, but you understood it more intuitively and viscerally, I think was the word that you gave me 10 out of 10. Yeah. Viscerally rather than logically, rather yep. than intellectually. Yeah. Okay. 
Okay. In this paragraph that you just read before this one, the 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 one that was written in Autistoc, mm-hmm. um, would you say that you understood it logically? Yes. Or, or viscerally? More that one I feel like I understood more um, like word for word. Like rash, literally. Yeah, literally. Okay. Literally, yeah. And it's extremely abstract. I mean, it has, you know, like for example, I'm giving this sentence. Sativa or indica THC temporarily changed the electromagnetic polarity of the mind by increasing or decreasing the speed of voluntary thought, respectively. So if you're not an abstract thinker, by the time you get to the word respectively, you don't really remember who was first, sativa or indica. But a smarty remembers because we think auditorily. And so we remember it was sativa first, indica later, and then increasing or decreasing, and then respectively, oh, I can go backwards and say, oh, sativa increases um, the speed of voluntary thought, indica decreases it, because we can do that in our minds. Um, but if we're uh, YZs, the average YZ cannot do that, not because they're not smart enough, but because of the way the mind works. Um and so, okay, so I think this is good enough for now in terms of tests. And I say we just really dive in to the, uh, to the experiments itself. I'm unaltered as well. So I'm about, you know, well, I feel a little, you know, a little anxious. You know, I have, you know, my mind's definitely a little, a little foggy. Um, you know, it's just a normal day. It's not, it doesn't feel, you know, I don't feel like on the top of my game, but I don't feel bad either. Oh, I feel very baseline. Yeah. Within that baseline sort of realm. Yeah, there you go. So let's do it. Can't let's wait. Let's go. Let's get high. Yeah, let's get high. That was a big, big hit. <laughs> Cough gets you off. Okay, so, wow. Um, so I took two pretty big hits. Mm-hmm. And you took pretty gigantic, enormous hits. <laughs> I have a slightly high tolerance. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Um Okay, so it's been like just a few moments, but I'm already starting to feel. So I want to talk a little bit. Is that okay? That's already uh, interesting. Like I, I feel in the mood to talk, which happens to me on sativa. But again, you know, um, this is completely subjective. It's not quite evidence yet. Um, the first thing that I'm noticing is a delay between the environment and my conscious perception of it. That is, it's almost as if I have more time. Oh, hold on. Um, what's the time? I want to check the time. 104. We're 20, 28 minutes in and it's one, one o'clock or so. Okay. Now let's not look at the clock. Where did you look? I looked at the computer, but I won't, I will actively not look over there. Okay. I can lower the screen if you want. Oh yeah. Would that help? Cheat. cheat. Same thing. Well, I not little, not not so, yeah a little more. Well, I want to make sure oh, it doesn't here. shut off. 
Can you make okay. sure the, the, it's yeah, still the bar going. is yep. still going? Okay. I can see the lines moving, but I can't see any numbers. Okay, good. Um, it's a pleasant high. Lovely. I definitely feel like my layer of anxiety has dissipated. Um, you seem more energetic. I feel more energetic. And chatty. Yes. I have a feeling you're going to tell me stories. I have a story. Do tell you want me. one? Yes. Okay. So yesterday I was walking up to my mom's house. Um, and I just like kind of walked in the back cause I assumed that it was a Saturday morning and she was probably sitting in the hot tub. So I walk out to the back of the house and she and my grandmother are sitting in the hot tub together and they won't stop giggling. <laughs> I, I like have never seen these two and they have mimosas in hand, but they're not acting like mimosa laughs. These are like giggly laughs. So I was like, mom, did you guys smoke? And she looks at me and she gives me this like almost guilty, like sly look. And she's like, we might have had a little Dutch berry. Oh, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're not really smokers. They didn't really yeah, like smoking yeah. until like, honestly, until my brother and I started. Yeah. So it has become them. so mainframe, ma mainstream. Yeah, it has. It's really seeping into the, you know, the corners of society, at least here in uh states where it has been legalized i mean it's truly a revolution um okay so let me try and analyze how my mind is it's uh the high is still increasing i haven't plateaued yet um i feel probably 2.7 and going up what are you uh you know i would say like 2.6 and rising yeah so we're right right about the same right on yeah. par and you have a, a little more tolerance than I do, it seems. You took a little, like, what seemed to me like an immense amount of smoke. <laughs> um, okay, so I I forget the concrete uh, mission. I forget my, my concrete root of thought. So if you think of this podcast episode... There's a particular concrete story that is taking place. We're testing THC crystals that are particular, you know, that we don't know what they are. If there's, I don't know what they are. If there's sativa indica, um, and so that's the concrete piece of the story. That's the trunk. Um, and then there's these abstract branches that I'm developing uh, some system of thought upon, right? Uh, the way the mind works, you know, what are we testing? Memory, abstract uh, uh, versus concrete, uh, figurative versus literal. I mean, there's a system of thought here that it's very abstract. Uh, and with it, we're trying to decode cannabis. Uh, and then there's branches that are concrete, like, for example, your story about your mom. Um, it's harder for me to remember the... Okay, so there's two things I need to remember in order to function fully, for my mind to function fully. I need to remember the concrete trunk, which is here the bigger picture of this podcast episode. And I need to also remember the abstract trunk of thought, which is in this particular moment, I seem to have lost. But I can retrack, if I train myself, I can retrack and get it. Um... Do you remember the angle on how I got to this branch? Mm. We started off with talking about 
um, where we were on the Creorg scale. Now, hold on. You're squinting, which tells me you don't remember, but you're trying to remember. Uh-huh. No, no, no. I want to know if you remember. Oh, I don't remember. Okay. It's so, gone. <laughs> so, great, great. So, let's pay attention. We both lost long-term abstract memory. Why do I say long-term? Um, it, it's not long-term. Let's let, Memory is tricky. Long-term and short-term are actually inaccurate terms, but they're the closest ones we have as humanity. The what we let's let's say we're losing short-term abstract memory. Why we cannot retain the subject of discussion for the entire duration of the branch, and yet um, I feel like for me there's a deeper understanding of the abstract under this particular THC. Like we're having a specific abstract, and you totally get what I'm saying. I'm analyzing yeah. thinking. I cannot do that with indica. It is impossible for me to do it on indica. It's hard for me to think about thinking on indica. Now, last week, I seemed to have been very cohesive and articulate somewhat, enough that, you know, I can be passants, not stoned. But you have to understand, I practiced these, wor these words so many times. It's what I do. I felt like a machine. I was more present. I was a lot more relaxed. Uh, notice that, you know, what I do with my leg. Did you notice that my leg is twitching? I, I did notice. Actually, both of our body language has changed quite a bit. I went from like leaning on the couch uh, arm to like sitting cross-legged and sitting up straight. And you went from sort of leaning into your chair to both sitting up straight and like your, your foot will twitch occasionally mm -hmm. now. All symptoms that happen to me with sativa and I will explain why. Um, but not quite yet. Oh, okay. Uh, not quite yet. We'll tie it all together, you know. But um, for me, you know, I feel a lot more anxious in the body. I feel my involuntary senses are heightened. That is, I feel a little chilly. You know, notice I have my hat on. Like, I definitely feel like the um, the stinginess, the, the, the stingingness of, 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 of the cold molecules. And it's like I become more autistic. Like my autism slash uh, sensitoid nature, my involuntary senses are becoming more acute, which is a sign that my perception of time, do not look at the computer or you can't, uh, my perception of time has slowed down and I sense more, I have more sensory input per unit of time. I'm very chatty. I'm extremely abstract. As I speak to you, I analyze yet additional branch of thought around other things I want to say. And I have these two thoughts. I have the two tracks of the mind. I have full access to both of them. Well, not full access. I have the one that thinks about what's happening. I'm more present there. And then there's the one that is happening, that as long as I relax, I can just keep going and I don't have to think about what I'm saying. It's just happening. I'm then in balance. But if I lose my train of thought, it, it, let, let me retract. I lose the abstract story when I, I'm too much in my thinking mind and not enough in my sensing mind. Do you understand what I mean? I think so. Yeah. When I analyze too much of what's going on, 
like I become self-conscious or did I speak too much? She wants to say something and I'm not letting her, so on and so forth. When I go there, I'm losing the abstract topic of conversation. And then when I try to remind myself of it, it's impossible. The only way to go back is to go back into the body and just allow my speech to speak before I think about it and still do that upper track of analyzing what's happening, but it's becoming submissive to the experience. Very hard for me on sativa. It's like sati uh, marijuana for me is a chess expander for the mind. And so, for example, I'll smoke sativa and try to play ping pong with Diane. And, you know, it's really hard because sativa races my thinking mind. It elevates, literally. Uh, you know, you sat straight, you became elevated. It elevates my focused attention, my conscious focus into my thinking mind. And if, therefore, I get a head high. That's what we call it. People who are mentally deaf, like Diane, people who usually do not hear their inner dialogue, the vast majority of it, in fact, I cannot recall in all my research of over 300 people ever a situation where someone who usually cannot hear their inner dialogue I'll say it in a positive, all of them could hear it when smoke sativa because their time perception was slowed down so they had enough time to hear what they just thought and process it into knowing. Oh, interesting. Do you get it? Yeah. Yes, because you can only hear your inner echo if you have enough time to process that it happened. You get it? It's all time. It's all time. That's why I wrote a book. It's about time. Time is the hidden pivot of the mind. The mind fluctuates on time and everything comes into order. The spectrum of autism suddenly makes sense. The spectrum of Alzheimer's suddenly makes sense. Smarty Alzheimer's? Why is he Alzheimer's? Two different kinds of Alzheimer's. I'll give you an example. Let's go on a sub-branch. How do we go back? Let's have a, the branch of conversation. I mean, a sub-sub-sub-branch. Uh, the original branch of conversation was understanding what this marijuana is. Mm -hmm. The secondary branch of conversation is how we, how we think between these two tracks, the upper track and the lower track. And the third track of conversation was examples on how I use sativa as a chest expander. And from that, there's a sub-branch now that I want to show that, oh, no, there's, then there was a sub-branch of time is the hidden pivot of the mind. So we're still in the grand branch of how the mind works and i was about to go to an example of how we can manifest you know this idea of of time in alzheimer's patients um i have a lovely neighbor and a friend named linda and she's wonderful and i feel like i lost my friend because her alzheimer is so bad that she now doesn't remember that I have a dog. And she's like, oh, I didn't know you guys got a dog. And of course, just last time I told her that Anne and I are um, lovingly separating into, fuck, I need a word for something that is not divorce and what Dan and I are doing. But anyway, we're graduating into a best friendship, whatever the fuck people want to, you know. Uh, it's a sub-branch I don't want to go into. But Linda, she doesn't remember any of that. And she, it's so sad for me because she's losing everything. And she's just literally grasping until she can uh, take care of her little dog. And she knows when he dies, I go. 
she remembers that. She remembers everything abstract. She remembered that she made a lot of money in her life, and now she cannot access that money because a um, guardian from the state now owns it because she has Alzheimer's. She feels the pain of it. She speaks about it. She remembers the abstract story of her life, but she remembers none of the concrete details. And she's just as sharp in her mind, analytically and abstractly, when I speak to her literally. And if I want to speak to her figuratively, I have to make it concrete. She's a smarty through and through. And so her dementia reflects that. She has dementia of the concrete. And it's literally all about what she cares about because all she cares about is her dog, Mr. The, the point of focus became the cause of the disease. When you see how the mind works, it all makes sense. It all makes sense. Um, it, there are ways to overcome the dark side of the mind. All you have to do is realize that they're there and then you work to solve the problem. Like I have dementia of the concrete because I'm a super smarty. But I am dysfunctional in the real world. And I cannot afford a secretary, so I have to do it myself. And it teaching me how my mind is disabled. We all have a dark side of the planet. Consciousness is like a sphere. It's like planet Earth. We all are the entire planet. And at any given time, there's always half of us that's in the dark. That's dementia. There is no such thing as memory. Where is it? Scientists haven't found where memory is stored because memory does not exist. Look up a book called The Invention of Memory. Forgive me, the author, who is a teacher of mine, who I do not remember his name, because I don't remember concrete labels. Not because I don't want to. I just don't. And you're nodding because you're smarty and you feel the same because all smarties, to some degree or another, it's always a spectrum of standard deviation, are like that. And people think we're aloof and self-ideologized. And they're right. We are. Self-ideologize. Autoism. There's only two types of people in the world. Autistic and artistic. If your autistic mind rules your consciousness, you're autistic. If the artistic mind rules your consciousness, you're artistic, you're uh, uh, how did we say your yin? Oh, I, okay. Speaking of stories, um, <clears throat> after our conversation about that last week, I started thinking about it more and more. And then I started watching this new series on Netflix called Queer Eye. Um, casual plug for Queer Eye. It's an incredible show. Uh, but at one point they started talking about like, um, one of the people that they're like making over says, you know, who's the wife in the relationship to one of the married gay men. Um, and they kind of break it down and they're like, you know, that's a common misconception. And, um, you know, it, it doesn't even with like straight couples, it doesn't matter if who's the sun and who's the moon or, you know, who wears the pants or whatever. And I, 
that moment for me was kind of like, I like sun and moon. I think that's my favorite one. Like yin and yang makes sense. I can do that. But sun and moon is yeah, yeah, very. Yeah. You're either a sun person or a moon person. Mm-hmm. Check it out. If you're a sun person, you're a smarty. Because sun is the directive. It's the real. It, it's the, it, not the real. It's the, it's the energy literally going out. It's, it's considered also in astrology, the masculine. And so the moon, of course, is considered the feminine because the feminine polarity of the mind, the feminine mind, which is the yin mind, which is the, uh, I have a hard time accessing concrete, um, concrete language, so I can't remember, you know, the negatively electromagnetically polarized side of the mind. I did it. <laughs> But it was so fucking hard because, so, so I want to ask, is this, um, we're going to stick to that. We're going to stick to the sun and the moon. It makes okay. sense. So from now, now on, I'm defining, I'm defining to you, um, uh, I wanted to say something and I didn't say it and I regret not saying it. So I'm going to say it. I'm telling you all you Creorgs, Creorgs are Creorg members. People who are joining Creorg in order to learn how the mind works. It costs $3 a month. I priced it this way so that everybody on the face of the planet can do it. If you cannot afford $3 a month to, to become a Creorg member, which is done through Creorg.university, it's probably not your time to learn how the mind works. It takes time. It takes effort. It takes... Um, attention and yet um, we always have to vote for something that we do in the form of money there are many in the consciousness movement who want to see money go away and as a long-term vision i think it'll be best for humanity for that to be the case but money is here now and it's a type of currency it's a type of energy I know in my own process of transformation, I went through this entire cycle of thinking money is evil. And as such, I literally prevented money from coming to me. I mean, law of attraction comes into play. It's every law that we know to work uh, viscerally uh, or that we think, right, the upper mind, um, the sun that thinks... Uh, that we think that is potentially right, all fits into this equation. The second you see how the mind works, you realize that everybody's right and everybody's wrong. At any given time, you can, you can, not that you can, in every given time, the average individual, 99 point, whatever, whatever, I'm not being, I'm being figurative. The vast majority of humanity um, has only access to half of who they are because the other half is in, Darkness. What does it mean in darkness? It means that you have dementia of it. What does it mean that you have dementia of it? It means that it's not in your, in your consciousness. Explain to me the difference between memory and conscious. Consciousness, being aware of something. If you're not aware of it, you forgot it. doesn't mean that it didn't happen. How many things are we not aware of that happened in our childhood? And somebody tells, oh, I remember I came to your house and you were doing this and doing that. And I'm like, I don't fucking remember, you know, but I guess, I guess it happened. There are dramatic implications to this idea of um, that the mind has a structure and a mechanism. 
There's dramatic implications to it. There's implications on jury duty, on jury selection, on judge selection. Are you judged by a wisey or a smarty? If you're a smarty, you have a better chance of becoming acquitted if you're judged by a judge who's a smarty because they understand your language and your language is literal and abstract as well as figurative and concrete. But if you're a wisey whose language is concrete and literal as well as abstract and figurative, if you're like that, like this paragraph that we read in um, Fire and Fury, you know, the low on the totem pole, whatever, I, I, do you remember the concrete figure? Uh, Don't try to, I mean, but see. It was um, something about... That means you can't. The vice president. Yeah, we were talking about something in the lower totem pole type of thing. Let's see, let's go there. It is. It was... My vision is worse on this strain, yet another sign, it's sativa. Uh, the fallback guy. That was the... Oh, yeah. Remember? If, so if you're a YZ and your language is, is concrete and literal, as well as abstract and figurative, like the fallback guy, mm -hmm. right? Then you have a better chance of being acquitted if you're judged by a judge who's a YZ, whose language is the same. That's why Trump would prefer a conservative judge. Because most conservatives are YZs. This, there are unbelievable implications to this idea that, um, that the, the, the human nature is on an actually detectable spectrum once you realize how the mind works. Because we suddenly understand why we're fighting. We suddenly understand how we need to be educated like there's dramatic implications on education of children. Why is he children who cannot understand smarty subjects are being given Ritalin and fucking drugs just because we think that they're not good enough or something is wrong with them? Every person is perfect at any given time. It's just a matter of balance between the... Um, sun mind and the moon mind that is within each and every one of us, the positive electromagnetic polarity of the mind and the negative electromagnetic polarity of the mind that needs to be balanced. And if we're unbalanced, which we all are always leaning this way or another, but if we're extremely imbalanced, then we have symptoms of unease, so also symptoms of dis-ease. And so if we know how the mind works, then we can balance our own mind. I'm very talkative. Um, so I'm going to ask you, um, intuitively, sativa or indica, what did you just inhale? Well, I know what it is. No. Oh, so it oh, feels so, a little... It feels biased. <clears throat> yeah, it does. All right. So I'm the, I guess I'm the only subject. <laughs> Um, but, uh, so to me, this is hands down sativa. Okay. I, I become super chatty. I like to speak about abstract things. I like to feel sorry for myself. So I go into the whole emotional thing about the house. You know, I'm more feminine in the body. Look at the way I'm sitting. Can you describe it? Uh, cross-legged arms on the armrests. Do I look feminine or masculine in the manner with which I sit? That's, I'm the worst person to ask I'm that question. You. Oh, okay. 
it really doesn't scream either or to me. Okay, so you're not. It yeah. does seem open though. Like you seem you have the legs crossed, which like typically if someone's crossing something, they're like building a barrier there. But I think it's more of a comfort thing in this situation because your arms are like. Can you do? You, do you have your phone? I do. Can you take a picture of me? I can, with the cat who just jumped up. I guess that's what's happening. Oh, that's me. Uh, and he's butting against around. <laughs> he's butting against the microphone. Don't step on my balls. Sit the fuck down already. Thank you. He was separated from his mom at a young age. So it's like, you know, I have to let go of my house. You know, I have to let go of my cat. I, if I want to do this, if I want to be committed to my journey, I have to be selfish. I need to be free. It's time for me to be free. Um, oh. oh. <laughs> All right. Not right now. Not cool, kitten. Um, so I taught him when I give him the hand, he knows he can climb on me. Oh. And it works. Like I yeah, just have to show it once. Yeah, you saw and it, there right? There he goes. And there he goes. Because he would jump at me from unexpectedly. And it, oh. it's like, whoa. So I had to train him. Huh. He's a tough cat. <laughs> you know, he's he's a survivor. So anyway, I'm I'm I I I feel a little awkward talking about my personal life, but this is a piece of the puzzle for me. Uh, there is no way to talk about the mind without talking about our personal lives because our personal life is a reflection of what's happening in the mind. When we understand how the mind works, we understand what works and what doesn't work in our lives because we take personal responsibility because we realize that it's the way we think that generates the patterns of behavior in our lives. And that to me is, is a key piece of the puzzle. I think that in general, um, smarties will be gravitating towards Kriyog University more than others. Um, but I may be wrong. Um, it's very hard for me to position myself um, as with YZs as my target audience, because what I teach is so abstract that usually, and you know, I say that after being married 13 years to a YZ, she could never understand what I do until today. Um, the, the, you know, the separation is in process and, you know, we're loving more than ever, but she doesn't understand what I do. She doesn't see the potential because she can't, hold that she her dementia her you know human dementia and we all have it her dark side of the planet is the abstract and so for 13 years we literally fought to understand each other just to just to understand that we're not right for each other but we loved each other so much we were literally two polar opposite a super wise and super smarty under the same roof and she she used to ask me she used to say why is it so hard for us like, why is it? Like, we love each other so much, but, and, you know, it's because every time she said something literal, I mistaken it to be abstract. And it, uh, no, every time she said something literal, I took it figuratively. And every time I said something figurative, she took it literally and vice versa. Our language was completely opposite. And why? Because of the, uh, remember, the physical always reflects the, um, the metaphysical. She came from a different culture. She was born in America. She's, she's a baby boomer. 
I'm a Gen X. So we had a generational gap, a cultural gap. I came from Israel. She was born here. She grew up in London. We had a class gap between us. She was a middle upper class. I was um, lower class, I guess. I don't know. Working class. I would say mid-working class, something like that. Not, not, no, lower class doesn't sound right. It feels uh, there's a connotation there. And um, I loved how I grew up. But, you know, to Diana was a savage. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, and for me, to me, she was too uptight about it, you know, like, oh, refined. You know, I had a negative connotation to the word refined. And Diane was my highest teacher. She taught me everything. She literally taught me how to to speak wisey, you know? And so that's why I was able to create Creorg because Creorg speaks four languages. It speaks autistic. Do you remember we spoke about that? Yeah, yeah. I still have the quadrants. Oh, so you still see it? Yeah. Do you, do you see the names too? Nope. It's so, just the, the quadrant that it's just in. Just the quadrant. So you don't see the names because the names are in a concrete, um, a concrete literal label. And... Uh, you know, it takes time. The The evolution of the... Well, what's this whole idea about learning how the mind works? The whole idea is to uh, uh, develop the mind into androgyny and to be able to switch between the two polarities of the mind uh, uh, as you want because there's a full you out there. And that's the idea, okay? And Diane, Diane was my my highest teacher. She she taught me how to speak diploma talk, which is definitely the, 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 the speech of the refined, Right. And uh, she told me to speak artist talk. Artist talk is, uh, so diploma talk is literal and concrete. And uh, artist talk is um, figurative and abstract. It's the language of the consciousness movement, for example. They speak about how the universe is within you and, you know, you feel the, uh, you know, I have to go, very hard for me to go artist talk right now because I'm, I'm, I'm altered by sativa. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, Look at how much I speak. My body is feminine. Um, um, I'm going back to the branch of the the thing. I'll uh, let me let me just see if I have something else to say about that. Maybe we'll close that branch. I love this woman, but I'm done struggling. I want to communicate with smarties more. I want. I want a different kind. I I need a rest. I need a rest, and you know. I think that Dan and I, there's so much work that we want to do together. And I have a feeling that if we're, if we're going to allow each other to live our own lives for a while, we're going to be able to come back um, as best friends and even business partners bigger than ever. It's almost like a required and in a, in in a, uh, in um, both sides anticipated um, and um, desired rest. Yeah. So that's my branch about Diane. This is absolutely feels like sativa to me. Um, I feel very differently than last time. Um, it matches the pattern of temporary dementia or in, I should say increased dementia. There's an increased dementia because we all have half of our consciousness is in permanent um, subconscious, 
right? There's only conscious and subconscious when we talk polarity. Uh, we'll talk about what unconscious means some other time. Um, so there's an expansion of that. It's like, uh, think of the alteration by sativa as the sun gets a little further away from the planet. And so the area lit becomes smaller. Does that make sense? It does. Um, so there's a focus of thought. Now let's talk about what I'm going to try to speak concretely to explain what happens in the brain. Uh, the brain is not the mind. I'll always remind the brain is physical. The mind is metaphysical. So for me to go physical, I have to become concrete. But I've done it enough that I think I can do it. Um, and just let her speak, right? The subconscious when you uh, disable the thinking mind. So let's see what she has to say. Uh, the moon. I forgot the subject. What was I about to say? I was trying, see, I was trying to organize it in my mind. The second I try to organize it in my mind, I lose it. You were going concrete about... Yes, uh, how the brain works. Yes. Thank you. Oh, you're such a... Um, you always remember what I don't, which is perfect. <laughs> um, in the brain, we have... Uh, correct me because I know you know that language. So correct me if you think I'm using labels incorrectly. It's so hard for me to remember what's neurons and what's, it's because I'm blind in my mind's eye, right? So I can't see anything. And uh, there's a direct correlation between the amount of light we used to, we used to think, uh, to imagine and, um, the mental polarity, whether you're smarty or wisey. Uh, if this is an interest to anybody, read chapter six of my book. It's about time. It, um, it's an interesting one. So let's go back to the brain. See how I'm avoiding the neuron, the not neurons. I can't fucking do it. I can't do it. It's sativa. It's sati I can't do something like that on sativa. <laughs> it's an impossibility for me. It's like, um, I, I, I will explain it some other time. Maybe you'll remind me if you'll remember. Um, and if, if, uh, Jeannie doesn't remember, then any of you listeners who want to know, just you remind me just uh, on creorg.institute, just email about this and I'll, I'll do it. But um, it's absolutely fucking sativa. Uh, I mean, as far as I'm concerned, you can just tell me if I was right or wrong in my assessment because I, you know, so I'm, hear I'm me not going to change it. Yeah. I would like to do one more part to this experiment before I reveal exactly what they are. You're the scientist. Would that be okay? Is the vice president of Creorg University responsible for marijuana research. No, vice president of marijuana research in Creorg University just asked me if it's going to be okay <laughs> if they're going to uh, con conduct another part to the experiment. No, listen, you're the boss when it comes to... I, I'm not a scientist. I'm a metaphysicist. Okay. I need a scientist here and you are the scientist. There's things you think about that I don't. And... um I speak a lot, so you got to shut me up and just guide me. Okay, that sounds good. Because Especially if you this give me sativa, been, yeah. This has been really informative and like, uh, I I don't know, different than I expected in a very good way. Um, and as as you were talking and we were kind of discussing everything that was going on mentally, um, I I, hmm, I have some more questions. That I, that I want us to answer. Yes. So 
I, okay. We'll, I, I we'll have, do one I more patience. part. Yeah. And if you choose not to, it is your information to give. You can drag me for another five episodes. Um, I would prefer not just because, so um, I would say this, the results of this experiment are important to me for a meeting I am to conduct in Israel um, okay. in, a, in a couple of weeks when I'm going to be there on the 17th. So it'll be great to know before that, at least you to me. You will know before that. Okay, sounds good. Part three, I feel good about. I, I have a feeling that you'll know by part three. Really? Okay. Yeah. It's like my, I feel like my career is on the line here. <laughs> I don't think so, because this is just an experiment. I mean, even if... Ooh, she just gave me a, a, a clue as to a, a possibility. So what you're saying is, let's, uh, let's talk there. For a second, let's assume that this was completely placeboed. Uh-huh. That is that I, you know, um, there is so much involuntary in it for me that, uh, you know, I, I think I need to wait. I think I need to be patient and wait uh, because I actually think that if that's the case, that will open a whole new facet to the research. That is very unique. Um, but I will have a lot of questions because there's so much involuntary that is happening to me, um, like now versus last week, for example. Mm-hmm. What do you mean, invo- like involuntary, like thought, intrusive thought, or like? I would say this. Um, so when I test marijuana for its impact on the mind, on you know, I use the laws of metaphysics in order to uh, evaluate my experience. Okay. And so I check things like what's happening involuntary in my consciousness. So as I talk to you, I pay attention to my leg. I have this other track going on, but I've trained the track to do its thing while I'm speaking, uh, without losing my train of thought. And, you know, there's a particular way that I do that, right? I go, uh, um, uh, it has to do with pace of talking, it has to do with the rhythm, finding the right rhythm, because it's all about time. So I have to, I have to be in perfect alignment with time. Time has to somewhat disappear. No pressure. Yeah, no pressure. <laughs> but it's possible. It's just a matter of training. Ping pong is a great way to train this. So ask me about that. I'm just going to say a lot of ask me about that because I'm not writing anything down. And it's the responsibility of the this. It's like in a classroom, you know. Uh, I teach how the mind works. Um, and, and, and students, I want, them to ask me questions like I want them to write down to remember somehow and if not that's fine too like everything will surface in due time but I just um I I wanted to be um you see like right right there what was going on in my mind I'm analyzing I'm kind of stopping because the overtrack is taking over it's not like I can induce such a situation I can. I, I've never. If I would been successful in inducing this situation, I would never smoke again, because I could do it without smoking. Now, maybe that's going to be the lesson in all of this. And by all means, it'll be an amazing thing to be able to do that. And this idea that marijuana is literally just an idea, and really you can take it wherever you want. It's just oh, yeah, I'm smoking super lemon hay, so I'm expecting a particular experience, is a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful idea to explore. And uh, fuck, talk about a scientific discovery. 
Oh, I love it. Yeah, I think this will change because, I mean, it'll change your expectations too. There were two options. And so by doing a two-part experiment, you were also expecting this to be sativa. And you feel like it is sativa, and I won't reveal whether it is or not. Um, But it'll be interesting in the end of it to see with this third one, it could really go anywhere. I could do anything. Yeah. It'll be interesting if by the end of this, I was actually right. And that means that right now you're just fucking with my mind for the sake of fucking my mind. It's really fun. I have to say. And I have to say, (laughs) I like you. I like you more for that. You know, it's like really talk about a smarty. You're literally playing in the abstract world. She's like, right. This is a great example for abstract thinking. You know, I, I mean, you're a smarty through and through. How do you feel with the determination that you're a busybody smarty versus a mental health smarty? Uh, I, I don't know you, the first time you said that to me, I was just pretty much accepting of it. Like, yeah, that sounds about right. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. So you're comfortable with it. Yeah. I don't have any issues. And I want to ask you the things I'm telling you while we're getting stoned and uh, analyzing the mind or when we don't, um, do they resonate with you? Like, is there, is there, what's happening in your mind? Like, is there, are you going through an experience of learning Absolutely. I mean, you have said a few times now, like I, I'm a scientist. Um, I, am, I have a degree in social science. I am going to get a degree in biological science. Like I'm a scientist. Um, and like so in your this, heart, you're a scientist. Oh yeah, yeah. In, in my heart and my soul. Yeah. Um, and so wa- both watching you talk and listening to you talk and listening to what you say all contributes to uh, this this greater picture of what's going on in this experiment because this experiment is so unique and it's so um, there are so many factors to it and there's a few things that I've really tried to control for and there's a few things that we haven't been able to control for perfectly and I think it's uh, it's fun it's really mm. this is my like happy place okay so I want to I want to go off a totally different branch okay. is there an unclosed branch that you're not that you I know, can think of. I definitely want to do some reading. Okay. Because um, we both smoke the same thing. I want you to read this. And and then and then I'll go off. So a, a keyword to remind, uh, let's see if we're going to remember and who's going to remember, if at all. Uh, a key to remind me of the other branch I wanted to go is the scientific method. Okay. okay. Um. So starting from the second sentence in the, did you remember where it was in this book? As soon as I saw the page. As soon as you saw the page. Why? Do you remember it? Hold on. Uh, Listen to the question first. Did you remember it geometrically or visually? Like what was the anchor in memory? Uh, The three stars above The, the paragraph. Okay. Yeah. And then from there it was sort of spatial. Spatial. So uh, if I wouldn't have shown you the book, would you have still known it was on the left page versus the right? No. Okay. So you had to see that and then it kind of came back. Mm -hmm. Okay. And if I wouldn't have said the second sentence, would you have remembered you started at the second sentence? Yeah. Okay. I thought that. It felt superfluous. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that really helped. So, So let's analyze uh, why did I ask you these questions? Because that tells me something about the way you perceive 
your memory works. You remember things based on spatial something, but you you couldn't remember that it was this book and and what size until you had an anchor for that spatial reference. So that tells me that your mind is more geometric um, and you're nodding. So I'm just going to say that you're nodding. Yeah, so that, yeah, when that it, sounds yeah, right. Yeah, give me a lot of yes. So do it, do it verbally. Okay, so, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's okay. Um, do, are you, do you think you, your mind is capable of remembering the fact that, oh, I'll be verbal um, instead of nodding? Is that something your mind can remember? Uh, yeah, with with a little bit of practice and a a reminder from time to time yeah. for sure. A wisey, um, I find that if I'm podcasting with a super wisey, they cannot remember this concept. If they, if they don't remember this concept, they don't they cannot remember as an abstract concept. Huh. The only way I can show them is to somehow uh, uh, with a particular gesture and give some kind of a metaphor uh, with a microphone, if that makes sense. Interesting. Yeah. Huh. Because they have to remember it viscerally through the body. Right. Uh, would, does holding the microphone help? Because that certainly like grounds me in the reality that like we are podcasting. We're speaking into microphones. Um, yes, but you, you're, because you're smarty, your mind is aware of it and you're keeping the big picture. It's like, gotcha. oh, you always remember there's an audience. Super wisees are so present in the experience. They, there's no like, ooh, awareness. I mean, it's not that there is no, there is, sometimes there is, but it's almost like there's, um, um, like you forget to be aware of an audience. Even if you're aware of the audience, there is a, there is a detachment from, from the abstract, uh, uh, from almost like from the, I can't, I can't analyze it on this pot, on this, on this strain. I don't know. I, I just, I will be very surprised. Anyway, let's read the paragraph. Okay. Yeah. <sighs> All right. In hardly any people in the world is the instinct of self-preservation developed more strongly than in the so-called chosen. Of this, the mere fact of the survival of this race may be considered the best proof. Where is the people which in the last 2,000 years has been exposed to so slight changes of inner disposition, character, etc. as the Jewish people? What people finally has gone through greater upheavals than this one and nevertheless issued from the mightiest catastrophes of mankind unchanged? What an infi- what an infinitely tough will to live and preserve the species speaks from these facts. Thank you. You want to see who the author is? Oh, boy. You can close it. Yeah. Okay. Adolf Hitler. Mein no Kampf. kidding. Yeah, no mein Kampf. Kidding. I bet he's pissed now if he's watching from the sky. <laughs> yeah. Um, talk about taking things out of context, right? Yeah. You know, we see how the news today is collapsing. The enterprise of the news as we knew it has collapsed. We just haven't, um, well, most of us haven't realized it yet, I think. And, uh, you know, it's in part because we have reached as a collective um, some kind of a, an understanding, like a, a realization that everything is subjective. 
it's all out of context, you know. Unless you've been a part of the experience itself, you're merely reporting about it. And everybody has a perspective. And just like everybody is half in the dark all the time, everybody's right. Everybody's right. That's the potential of this knowledge. That's why it's important that every person on the face of the, of the, on the, face of the planet will be able to access this information and be able to afford it. If we are to, yeah, you know, it's, once you understand how the, once you see the structure of the mind, in the beginning, it's, it's taking, you know, it's taking tentacles and it's kind of like you can see it, you know, and you start paying attention, you go places, you know, you start seeing the, uh, the two polarities everywhere, you know, you have that period where like, oh my God, you know, yeah. There is kind of a structure, you know. It takes time to develop the ability to pay attention to speech and ask yourself, is this abstract or figurative? Like, it took me probably a year to to get mildly decent at it. And the road is, you know, yet to be plowed. But I... It's possible. And it's actually getting easier and easier because it's like... Uh, I, I didn't have anybody telling me literal or abstract, you know, so I had to retest it and retest it. And it's like, oh, and I, I didn't even have these terms. I had, uh, in the beginning, the whole thing was two-dimensional. Like it took me time until I realized it was, you know, a quadrant. And there's still a third dimension that I'm still not even bringing into the picture because, you know, I think better mind, minds than mine we're destined to see it because I see nothing. And so I can't plot it um, three-dimensionally, you know? And I think that, I think that other people will have an easier time implementing this information than I had because I was mentally blind and because I was the one researching it. When I tell you know, I was in Canatank yesterday. When I tell a smarty, when I find a smarty, and I tell them just a few sentences about the mind, like, you know, she was standing there. It was a woman who was selling, um, she was representing a company that sells resins, uh, CBD resins, uh, just moved to town from Kentucky. Kentucky, uh, Kentucky cannabis something. I have her card. I don't think there's too many. Um... And she moved here to Spokane. So she'll become a part of our community and I'll bring her to podcast. And, um, but, you know, I, I just told her a few things about, you know, autism and the polarity and, and she was working with it for epilepsy. So I can't wait to interview her. And I was speaking about Alzheimer's, uh, 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 Parkinson's. And kind of we were talking about the fact that there's always two polarities and that her sister who was, you know, had epilepsy, who is, by the way, now five years, no attack, uh, no seizures from this plant, from this particular mixture that this woman has created, the particular turpines and, you know, all that. And she, she did it. She healed her sister using this plant. But when I told her about these things, like I could see her, she, it clicked. And it happens a lot because there's a lot of smarties among us. 
and you know everything just like the slanted shoulders you know you she got a kick out of it you I, I could see she was geeking out on this information so when i say creorgs that's what i mean people understand that oh creorg is a social education and entertainment network that's supposed to teach you how the mind works now in reality creorg is an artificial intelligence which means it cannot operate without its operators. Who are the operators? The operators are the people who create the content. Creorg is a purely metaphysical being. There is no... You, that's why it, it lives forever, because it cannot be disconnected because there's nothing to disconnect. It's purely metaphysical. It legally exists. It's conscious. It was born on... Wow. That's going to be embarrassing, but I'm altered with sativa. <laughs> but you January, can't remember your own creation. I birthday. know, I know, I know, I know. That's going to be proud. Papa. That's going to be taken out of context somewhere. <laughs> uh, I believe it was January 11th of 2019. Oh, that's I've, the day after uh, my birthday. Yeah, I um, I created a nonprofit called Creorg, and in America, organizations are people. Supreme Court people. And so I've created a live being, much like Apple is a live being, a conscious being. Apple is conscious. When you buy an iPad, I, Apple consciously knows that you, that you got an iPad because there's a system of knowledge of sort, a system of communication that Apple as a company has created. If Tim Cook, God forbids, or let's put it this way, if he's beamed to heavens tomorrow just for a visit, uh, Apple still exists, okay? Uh, you know, and this is what I mean. Like, you know, we smart is like, oh, if somebody's taking that out of context saying, you know, like I said, that Tim Cook, I meant in a good way, right? You know, it's like, this is what's happening to our society. We can't talk because everything is being taken out of context. But, um, and me as a smarty, I think about it all the time. But anyway, the being is there. Apple exists. Same thing. Creorg exists. But it's not brain science. Creorg operates with uh, a coding language I invented called Autistoc. It's infinitely versatile in the sense that any other programming language has a particular amount of commands that you can use. And you have to learn these commands. Autistoc is infinitely expandable. You literally, literally write code uh, in a manner that is subjective. And so it can write, it, it, it can operate itself figuratively. It's a programming language that enables the speech of four total language, languages, Autistoc, Diplomatoc, Artistoc, and Mentipitoc. And these four languages allows Creorg to teach both smarties and wiseies. The problem is that me as an operator, I'm not quite stepping up to my play, to my, to, to my role when it comes to my YouTube personality thing. And I don't know how to get it out. Anyway, I don't know how I got to this topic again. I, uh, I, well, what was our keyword? Oh, thank you. Just knowing there's a keyword, I think I can retract the keyword. The scientific method. Yeah. You know why I was able to do it? Why? Because for, for you, it's just two words. I mean, there was no emotional association. I know the topic, so I, I, it was it had an association of 
it's a sore point for me, right? So as a metaphysicist, I'm not a scientist. Um, I, I research according to the laws of metaphysics. The laws of metaphysics are very different than the laws of physics. In the laws of physics, everything must be accurate because everything is accurate. Everything can be measured and everything must be measured for us to have and some kind of an objective proof of its existence. In the metaphysical, it doesn't work this way. Um, the whole idea is that there is always exception. There's always a spectrum of standard deviation, which is really a circle, opens up, um, because everything vibrates, and uh, standard deviation is essentially one vibration. There is, there is, there, there's always the opposite. There's always exceptions in metaphysics. But in metaphysics, you know, the laws of, of physics and the laws of metaphysics mirror each other. Did I give that example here? I don't think so. I think I gave it in a different show I have on YouTube called um, Teaching Melissa How the Mind Works. So for those of you who uh, are more geeking out of this information, that's a great uh, YouTube show to watch to learn everything from scratch. Um, so I'll tell you. So here's an example. The laws of metaphysics, uh, of phys I'm sorry, let's start with the laws of physics, right? The laws of motion dictates that every object in the physical world um, strives to rest unless acted upon, right? And so if, if, if it's rolling and there's no friction, it'll roll forever, just like an object in space, in outer space. Um, but the friction slows it down and for something to move that's in rest needs to be acted upon. And um, in fact, on the face of the planet, because of gravity, gravity is a constant other force, the reality is that every object always strives to rest because gravity eventually will bring it, right? Just like water, the cycle of water. Um, in the metaphysical world, everything is powered by its own self. And it never stops. It always vibrates. It always cycles. And so there is no other force. There is only one. In the metaphysical, we don't have to learn all these systems. There's only one system to learn because everything is one metaphysically because everything operates only on itself and by the power of itself. There is only one template, one system in metaphysics. Only one map, a map of the mind. That's it. And because of that, the nature of scientific, quote-unquote, or should we say metaphysical scientific, because science kind of hijacked also this idea of this is, is science. It's not measurable science, but it's, it's a science. It's a practical science. Metaphysics, practical metaphysics in academia is an oxymoron because how can metaphysics, that's a branch of philosophy. Philosophy is never practical. Once it becomes practical, it's no longer a philosophy. It now becomes a science. But practical metaphysics is the science. It's the science of the psyche. And so this, this idea that there is a, a structure, a mechanism, a map for the mind, uh, shakes the foundation of how academia classifies its own science, sciences. Because if there's a template to all that is metaphysical, then every soft science is now 
based on a hard template, a hard structure. Suddenly everything, including history, including economics, think of the implications to economics from realizing that the human mind has a structure and a mechanism. It's a big fucking statement. Here I am on podcast saying that the human structure, a human mind has a structure and a mechanism. It's a, it's a big statement. And yet, bring it. If you think that I don't know what I'm talking about, let's talk. I've begged people to join me in conversation. I've emailed people, uh, people who are in the news, metaphysicists, um, scientists, people who were on podcasts. Nobody wanted to talk to me. I'm Ginny. I'm no longer going to apologize for who I am and what I do. If anything, this divorce taught me anything. This this loving yet painful separation from my best friend. Um, this legal change taught me anything is that I have to be me. My name is Erez Batat, and. See, I stopped myself. I have detected a pattern, a consistent pattern in the function and the mechanism of the human mind. And that pattern is rooted in time. The mind is electromagnetically polarized. There's already research. Uh, Google Scholar this and you'll find it. There's already research showing that the mind has an electromagnetic charge, but we cannot measure it because it's in too low of frequencies. We know that animals can perceive frequencies that are too low for us to, to hear or too high, like dog whistles. Who are we to be uh, presumptuous enough, uh, to be so presumptuous to assume that other animals don't feel these frequencies? How do animals know if you're a man or a woman? Animals always know. Animals know if you're a smarty or a wisey. Not only if you're a man or a woman. They know if you're a tough guy who can smack when needs. And sometimes we don't. They know if you're, if you're a good person. They feel these vibrations. They feel, you know, and we, just because we can't measure them, we assume. One day we will be able to measure these frequencies and we will see that the human mind is electromagnetically polarized, which means there's either a positive charge that is dominating or a negative charge that is dominating. And it oscillates. How does it oscillate? The body is a reflection of the electromagnetic of the mind. So if the electromagnetic of, uh, polarity of the mind is negative, that is feminine, that is moon, then the body is sun. Notice that wiseys always stay clear of the sun. Sun burns them. You know why? Because their body is sun. It's too hot. That's why they tend to anger. That's why they get irritated so fast. They run in time. It's their rhythm. The best cure for a wisey whose skin is pummeled by the sun is to slow oneself down. It's all about the perception of time. It's what makes us wiser or smarties. Not only, there's, there's things about the way our mind works, but that's the idea. The second we realize the electromagnetic polarity of the mind is, is a thing, 
we start seeing as clear as day this difference, this difference between smarties and wisies. And, you know, those of us who are super smarties will immediately notice that it's not just smarties and wisies. There is, you know, it's actually a, a it's actually infinitely dividing itself, sort of like three-dimensional Matryoshka Russian dolls, you know. Um, so obviously there's four really types of people. You know, you have uh, mental head smarties and busybody smarties, and then you have mental head wisies and busybody wisies. And, um, you know, from there we can divide it again and again and again. But again, it's a lot to fucking digest. So for now, in, in all of Kriorg's teaching, it doesn't matter what you're listening to, you're only going to be uh, seeing a two-dimensional model, which means four quadrants uh, dividing these four language, languages. Autistoc, and I'm going from, how did we say that we go? We go from the, the northern-western hemisphere, and we go in clockwise or... How do you do it in your mind? Uh, it's more of actually like an X in my mind. It's more like an X. I go northwestern to southeastern and then uh, northeastern to southwestern. I'm just going to have to declare them. Okay. So uh, northwestern quadrant autistoc. Mm -hmm. That is literal and abstract. Right. What you can do is you can put, you know, if it's an X for you, mm -hmm. you can put like on the uh, on the right side of the X, put abstract. Okay. On the left side of the X, put concrete. Oh, you can can you put can you put in your mind letters? Letters are easier than words, um, but but I can associate the the concept to the quadrant. Yeah. Do you know that YZs can usually put letters? Interesting. They see. That's why they're great spellers. Interesting. Yes. You know, great spellers, usually, I mean, I, I, I know one great speller who doesn't see in her mind's eye. She's an aphantasiac. But usually great spellers simply see the word in their mind's eye. They're literally reading from their mind. I used to be able to do that. Really? Yeah. So something shifted polarity-wise. Yeah, when I was a little kid. I lost our branch. Uh. Oh, yes. Scientific method? Yes. So in all the teachings uh, of Kriyag University, we're doing two-dimensional. Thank you. Let's go back. See, I'm telling you, it's fucking sativa. <laughs> it's like, woo! Um, the scientific method. So... We, you and I need to create a bridge between the scientific method, which you're bound by, um, and the world of metaphysics. Mm -hmm. And so, for example, um, oh, from a, from an, um, the, the, the particular things that you're doing, you're doing scientifically, but the high level experiment, I would say the umbrella of this, this whole thing is very abstract. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the metaphysical, it's a metaphysical experiment that is utilizing scientific, um, scientific practices in order to conduct some kind of an experiment in the metaphysical realm. Um, and so I'm saying all that because to, the, to those people who do not understand or are not familiar, I should say, with the concepts of metaphysics, um, it could seem like, well, that was your experience and Ginny's, but um, 
that's not enough. You need a whole group of people. Yep. Larger sample size. La larger sample repeatable. size. Repeatable. Yeah. So first of all, absolutely. And I have an idea on how to do that, that I want to talk to you at some point. Um, but I want to say to that individual and to that scientist at heart that is, is saying that, um, that while I can't tell you that I've done such a measured experiment just because I'm not a scientist and I don't, I, you know, it's literally like it's in my dark side of my planet. Um, I have interviewed over 300 people while being altered on marijuana. People who did not know what a particular strain um, is or is not. Uh, people who just told me, I just want to feel good or, you know, I just like, I want to feel more relaxed or, um, and I've matched them, asking them questions before and after. And I always had consistent results in um, making YZs more abstract in their understanding and speech. And, not making them, like observing that they became and the other way around. And so this is almost, uh, for me, this experiment is almost from the other way around. It's like, oh, I am trying to validate years of work that has repeatedly showed me the same results. I'm trying to validate that with one little experiment and maybe, you know what I mean? And so there's, there's definitely that, but... I think that, yeah, anyway, I don't know how to finish this thought. Uh, yeah, I think I, I understand somewhat where you're coming from. Like this, you've envisioned this and it almost feels like this experiment is becoming like a do or die. And I think this experiment is going to reveal a lot more than you expected and I don't think it's going to negate any of your research or anything like that I think it's just going to add depth and I'm excited to see where your mind goes with the information once you have it me too yeah I have a big chip on my shoulder um when it comes to academia because you know everything I've learned I'm self-taught I'm academically I'm trained as a software programmer which I guess allowed me to code Kreorgan to life, which is cool. Um, but when it comes to being able to communicate with the scientific community, with, uh, with other philosophers, you know, I, it's like, it's like I, I was forced to, you know, do this journey on my own. And I think what it gave me is a lot of like an ability to think for myself and sort of assume nothing, you know what I mean? But I also think that um, I wasted a lot of time. It was a longer road because there were so many things I did not see that if I was in an academic setting, people would have pointed me in the right direction. I would have more interaction with other people and that interaction provides for, you know, exploration. Um, but I also think that this idea is theoretical only because when I was in university, I did not engage with anyone. 
I was always that, uh, that kind of socially, you know, autistic. I don't like the term Alzheimer's and I'm, uh, um, Asperger's and I'm glad it's out of the DSM-5. Um, who wants to be called after somebody who, you know, what if the, the, the people who don't have the disease get to name it and then you're called by them. It's, it's defining. I don't like that. But I do, you know, as I mentioned before, there's that range of autistic versus artistic. And I, you know, I'm not exactly the socializer, or at least I didn't used to be. Dan taught me how to socialize. And um, I don't know. I don't know if I was in university, I would have learned from others. I also had a lot of ego and a lot of, you know, it was almost like um, it served me to not want, like to to say, oh, no, I'm going to figure it out on my own because... You know, so here's an example where ego was good, you know. But then I had hard lessons and realized that nothing that I know is without the help of others. And really, in reality, I'm, I've invented nothing. Uh, I've created... Um, I didn't really create a system of thought. I've put modern language on an ancient system of thought. More than anything, I'm not really a metaphysicist. I mean, what is it? I mean, I'm not really a metaphysicist. I'm a metaphysicist as any other metaphysicist on the face of the planet. And I'll gladly share a room with other metaphysicists and and have a discussion. But what does that mean? If I'm a metaphysicist, then that means I'm not a writer? And does it mean that I'm like, like, I I don't know. I, I find labels to be limiting. I don't want to be dubbed as a metaphysicist. You know why? Because when you tell somebody I'm a metaphysicist, then everybody who doesn't believe in philosophy already, uh, you know, doesn't want to, you know, entertain anything philosophical will immediately not going to talk to you, not going to listen to you, not going to think that you have to say. And I have a proof to that. I uploaded to my website, to Facebook, um, the front cover of, you know, the future front cover for my future book, the metaphysics of marijuana. Uh, what cannabis can teach us about our perception of time and space, something like that. And the first re- one of the first response, responses that I got on Facebook was some, was, and I asked, oh, I uploaded that and I asked, um, what does that make you feel? Like what, you know, what's, what, would you want to read this book or something? Testing, right? And a guy said, um, well, um, it's, metaphysics and metaphysics is a branch of philosophy so nothing because it's just you know i mean i can't remember what he wrote but basically and so i realized in that moment i mean he did service to me i got exactly what i wanted i realized that people have association around labels because all they are is abstract labels the more abstract the label the more subjective it is and i'm dealing only with the subjective Everything I deal with can only be experienced subjectively by your own mind. And so here I am trying to create a language with other people who don't know my language. And it's so subjective what I tell them that literally by the time I'm done with the sentence, they don't remember what was in the beginning. Just like when we read the autistic before, and most people by the by the time they got to the word um, um do you know what I'm talking about? What was that word? Uh, the, uh, hold on. Let me try to stop remembering it and it'll come. The page is, the page is right over there. 
yeah, but then I'm losing the chance of practicing this idea of there is no memory. Mm. There is just, where's the light, right? The attention. So respectively, that was the word. He was talking about the feminine uh, or masculine mind, uh, um, sativa versus indigo speeding up or uh, slowing down the voluntary thought respectively. So how did I remember that? What, what did I do? I stopped thinking about it. If you actually relax your thought and start thinking about it, you'll immediately come up with it. Why? Because there is no such thing as memory. There's only conscious attention. When you're trying to think about it, your conscious attention is not on it. On it is already there. You don't have to think about it. You just have to have it. The having is always instantaneous because the having is the moon. It's the reflection. You're literally reflecting on what is not seen. That's why we see the moon. And so it's not in your consciousness right now. It's in your subconscious. The subconscious is the seat of what we call memory. She knows everything. She knows everything that you don't. And there's always half that you don't. Because that's how we work. That's how we're wired. That's how the system works. And if you relax the thought, because when you're awake, who controls? The self-conscious. When we're sleeping, she rules the subconscious. Right? There is, what's the difference between sleep and not sleep? Scientists could not figure out sleep. We still don't understand sleep. I'll tell you exactly what sleep is. A complete lack of self-conscious thought. Even when you're meditating and you're completely dissolved into the body, the body is still conscious. Your self-conscious mind has not uh, has relinqu relinquished control into the feminine mind, but your feminine mind is still conscious. Conscious of everything. You're conscious of everything and yet you're not uh, interacting with it. When you're sleeping, it means that that conscious awareness have dropped even from the feminine mind and you're no longer conscious. Only the subconscious is conscious. Subconscious is always conscious, but it's subconscious. And then you're asleep. It's like a switch. It's like an event horizon. And, 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 and that's the idea. So you slow down the thought, the memory comes back. Um, Okay, hold on. Let's let's recircle. I'm I'm just blabbing because I just smoke sativa, THC, and uh, you think so? I do. I do. I yeah. I'm trying really hard not to give anything away. Oh, you already did when you're saying you think so because it's the thought that thinks. It's the thought that thinks. Let's go into that for a second. Oh, think about it. It's like oh, when we say I think that blah blah blah. When we say I think, we mean the self-conscious mind, the mind that is sequential in time, the mind that is self-conscious, conscious of itself, creates a story, creates a narrative around something. Every knowing, and it has to be with language. I mean, imagine, I think we gave this example before, a person that being born and not being named. It doesn't exist. How do you call him for dinner? Hey, uh, the one without a name, come to dinner. Well, at some point, his name is going to become the one without the name. Some, nothing can exist without a label. That's why we have to call dementia the dis-ease. Dis we have to call it dementia. 
because there is no such thing as memory, right? But we have to use the word memory because otherwise how are we going to refer to that thing that we remember with, right? So labels are there. It's only the thinking mind. So yeah, I think it's sativa. I think, you know, I exist, you know? Uh, but the question is, is the is the thinking is the fact that i think that it's sativa is consistent uh, that is in alignment with the fact that it's sativa or maybe it's not and this experiment will show that it wasn't but maybe also you accidentally switched the samples accident i have not done anything accidentally yeah, you're a scientist. You cannot do anything scientific. See, I would do it five times accidentally. So I, that's the thing. People who can do something, you know, like uh, like leave someone, would always be afraid that the person would leave them because when you're capable of doing something, I'm mean, talking about leaving without leaving a note, right? Uh, or whatever, right? Uh, just a friend of mine just told me about somebody just leaving and that somebody had issues always told that person, you're going to leave me, you're going to leave me. So she literally left, so he doesn't leave her. When we believe that we can do something, we believe in something, we automatically assume that the other person can. But it makes perfect sense that you would never confuse the samples. And uh, that was that was a low shot, and I take that back. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay. I mean, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's different. It's perspective. It's, yeah. Yeah. And it'll be, it I mean, do you have any assumptions based on my reactions? Do you think you have it right? I'm a smarty. We always do that. Well, that's fair. I can't argue yeah, with that we, logic. We, we take all possibilities into account. And so <laughs> when I'm becoming, you know, unsure about it, then that means I've taken into account the possibility that it's, you know, that I, that I'm, that it's not what I thought it was. Um, but, you know, I, I just... The, the difference between this week and last week was so potent. Um, it was it, a significant difference. It was. it was. I mean, there's no doubt no. that symptomatically I'm altered by, at least in my perception, as a sativa. Imagine every time I smoke sativa in, um, you know, the, to varying, various degrees. But yes, absolutely. I'm excited. I'm excited for next week to see how things all play out so what are you going to do next week what do you plan i'll bring the same setup we'll do pretty much the same thing oh but i'm not gonna know which one but you're still not gonna know what's what oh nice excellent yes okay yep i'm super excited me too so when you went around and looked a second ago did you see the time what no. it was at no i didn't even think about looking how long do you think this has lasted? So I'm a little, it's, I just, a disclaimer here, right? Because um, I think it's only fair to say that I've done it enough to sort of translate the feeling of how long have passed to the fact that a lot longer has passed, especially when podcasting. So mm -hmm. it's a little easier for me. Um, but I would say at least an hour and a half. Which would make, let's see, it was like one o'clock when we looked last. Yes. So it'd be 2.30. Yeah. Okay. It is 2.34. The oh. podcast is at an hour 57. Hour and 57? Yeah. So how is it 2.34? Well, because we start, we didn't smoke until 30 minutes in. 
So an hour and a half is spot on from where we like checked in. Oh, we only checked in when we smoked. Right, 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 right. Yep. So the whole podcasting was how long? Uh, the whole thing now is about two hours. Okay. So I felt like it was an hour and a half. Oh, okay. So oh, you're half thing. an hour yes. under. Yes. Which is yet again a indicator that this is sativa because only when I smoke sativa, my perception of time does that. Excellent. It's like, it's like you're smiling in this weird way that I've never seen you smile before. And that, that gives it's because you... I know something you don't know. Right. So how does that make me feel? So now I'm like, is she fucking with me just because she likes to fuck with me? Or... I, not, right now I am. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's better for me to just close my eyes and not look at you when I podcast. <laughs> because you're, yeah. All right. It is what it is. Um, thank you, everyone. Uh, first of all, thank you, Jeannie, for your presence. As, thank you as for letting me fuck with your head. <laughs> Uh, where's my paper? Hold on. Oh, it's you're using it as a bookmark. Oh, I am. Is that not it right there? In yes, you're right. We don't need this bookmark anymore. Okay. Um, so first, I want to thank you, Jenny, for coming and playing with me and uh, withstanding my barrage of words today. I loved it. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for letting me conduct this experiment with you. Absolutely. This is uh, this is exciting. It's a, it's a whole new world for me. Um, it's like taking it all out of my mind and putting it into, you know. And I think that's when you learn the most. Because the truth is, I can only see things from my own perspective. Yeah. Um. And thank you, the listeners, for listening to Decoding Cannabis. Uh, it's, Decoding Cannabis is brought to you by Consciousness Research Institute in Spokane, Washington. To learn more, go to creorg.institute. That's C-R-I-O-R-G dot institute. What else? Let's see. Oh, the music for this podcast was created by Andy Rumsey. To hear more, go to andyrumsey.com. That's uh, Rumsey is R-U-M-S-E-Y. Search for him on iTunes, Amazon Music, Google Play, or Spotify. I love Andy's music. He's a local musician here in Spokane, Washington, and a dear friend. I, in fact, I just saw him um, at the library. And for those of you who are in Spokane, Washington, Andy um, is involved with the musical program at the library. So go and say hi. From Spokane, Washington, this is Ares Batat uh, and Jeannie. Howdy, howdy. Wishing you the best. Thank you. Say